So there's so in general we mentioned so we mentioned there's a Gemara. We started with the Gemara last week. I'm just going to quickly sum it up for my own sake. That I don't want to. There's no self-incrimination here. Um, so, but that is a valid, but in a certain sense, maybe you can consider that negligence. But again, we're talking about really doing an action which literally puts them in a situation where they're gonna um, need medical help intentionally. Okay. okay, don't rub it in. So we we uh, we started with the Gemara last week, which mentioned um, a story, the famous story with Hillel, where he was uh, he climbed up to the roof on a Friday afternoon in order to uh, to hear the, the shear, he didn't want to miss the shear, he didn't have money, and he got stuck in a snowdrift, and they had to pull him down on Shabbos, and they did many things to help him out. And then the, the language of the Talmud there, um, the conversation that takes place between, I believe it's Shmai and, At- and Avtalion, two Tanaim who rescued him from the roof, um, they make a statement, that Hillel is such a scholar that he, will, he for him it's worth um, saving him, um, saving his violating Shabbos for him. It would seem to imply, which some understand again, um, the Ian Yaakov and others understand that statement, that cryptic statement to mean that for someone else who neg- who did an act of negligence and placed themselves in a situation of danger, danger that caused someone to be Michal Shabbos, um, we don't have to violate Shabbos for them. Okay, so that is um, the that is the Gemara again. It's a, um, there's two commentaries that mention this type of thought in the Gemara. Many others disagree um, with them. Now we also mention there's a Minchas Chinuch, a commentary written by someone, Rabbi Yaakov Badad, I believe. Um, exactly what year? I'm not sure. Maybe 1800s. And he also discusses, he, as we mentioned, talks about that in a situation where someone attempts suicide or does something clearly, intentionally negligent to um, harm themselves, and we do not, he's, he's, by the way, he's not even talking about on Shabbos specifically. He's saying in general, do we have an obligation to rescue? So before we get to violating Shabbos, that really is the, is the question that needs to be discussed. Should we be treating these people um, even during the week? if they intentionally put themselves into that situation. So he seems to be addressing that, and he says, maybe, and he says, uses the word maybe, um, he says um, that there's, as we know, the obligation to rescue is one of two sources, either from the verse, you shall return it to him, and he says, based on that, on the, that positive commandment, you shall return it to him, which is referring to lost objects in general, but the Kumar broadens that to include life, to include health, that we have an obligation to return people's health. It's a positive commandment in the Torah. So he says, just like in the situation where someone intentionally throws their wallet out the window, or drops their wallet, you know, throws their wallet into the river, or someone's throwing uh, coins into, you know, a fountain. So obviously you don't have an obligation to return the coins to them because they clearly don't want their life. They clearly don't want their belongings in that case. So, so too, he says, if that's the source for, for helping someone, so the same would apply here. Someone intentionally is throwing away their health, so we have no obligation to help them. Now again, we're not talking legally from a uh, medical perspective, from an ethical, I mean, we're talking about clearly according to halakha. Um, doesn't mean if you, as a physician, I don't know, don't think you're exempt legally from treating someone, um, and you might get sued. 
if you don't treat them. So again, I want to make that disclaimer. This is not a legal uh, advice here. Okay, it was halachic advice. Um, so, the, uh, as we know, rabbis are protected from lawsuits in most cases. Um, thank God. <coughs> Although I do have liability insurance. Anyway, just in case. Um, so, where was it? Oh, so again, so the Chinuch seems to be saying, he's saying if that's the source of returning someone's lost object, so again, if someone intentionally throws out their lost object, clearly he brings the Allah, the Shulchan Aruch states very clearly, you have no obligation to return it to them. Um, and so too, he goes on to say, even if it's the the negative commandment, he also wants to say that wouldn't be applicable in this case, and I forgot why. Um... I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember exactly why. But he says both those things wouldn't be applicable. Okay, so we started. Um, so the, what I want to get to is there's another fascinating halacha. Um, there's two other halachas that are relevant to this topic. One is the the Shulchan Aruch in um, chapter 248 discusses like this, talking about going on ships prior to Shabbos, taking a, taking a cruise. Um, so it says like this, there's before cruises where they had, you know, where you were able to relax on a ship. So, the, so there's a Gemara, it's based on a Gemara on Shabbos. The Gemara says that you can take a trip on a boat, a few bear of Shabbos, even Friday afternoon, it's permitted to get on a boat. But specifically, there has to be a stipulation where you're going to do a mitzvah. Okay? Not for just for uh, relaxation purposes, not just you going on a cruise. If you're going overseas, you're going to raise money for your nonprofit organization, for the shul, the building fund, or you're going, or you're a physician, you're going to treat someone, that would also be considered a mitzvah. Or, um, you, really, all they talk about here actually, the commentaries say even Parnassa, as we discussed, someone mentioned last week, I think it was Ron, that Parnassa also. Um, raises the bar, we, you're allowed to endanger yourself, you have a l- more leniencies when you're going to make money that's also in a certain sense considered a mitzvah making money in Judaism is a mitzvah isn't this a great religion? what better religion than, than that? Um, okay, so uh, so the point is so says the Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch rules you're allowed to go on the ship even on Friday afternoon um, as long as you make up that the ship's going to come into port um, even though knowing full well the guy is probably not going to stop for you and go into port just for you on Shabbos but it says you don't have to worry about it as long as you're going for Advar Mitzvah but continues the Shulchanach but if you're going just for a pleasure trip or something that you don't know you're going to visit your mother-in-law that's not a Mitzvah okay so in that case says the Shulchanach you cannot get on the ship less than three days before Shabbos that means from, it's a machlok, because it's Wednesday. Do we count Shabbos as one of the days or not? It's two different opinions, but let's assume from Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday, um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you can't get on the ship. Okay, again, Wednesday, some say you can. Is can you know, so why not? Um, if you're going just for a pleasure trip. Um, so then the remark continues. We'll explain the why not in a second. I will Prior to three days, that means Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you're allowed to get on the ship. Um, even if it's the type of ship which is being 
schlepped by animals. I know, I guess, in these rivers, you know, before they had motorized ships, they had, um, I don't know, well, you know, dog sleds in front of the ship. I don't know exactly how it worked. Um, with his clear violation of Shabbos. Um, he says, Even if the Jew It's surely going to come out on this trip, you're going to have to violate Shabbos. There's no question. Let's say whatever the reason is, um, you know, I don't know what, what entails. The ships in the old days, they'd have to pour water overboard or whatever it is. So you're going to have to end up clearly violating Shabbos. Um, still says the Shulchan Aruch rules if you go on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday you're allowed to get on the ship even though I'm intentionally basically putting myself in a situation it's not for Dvar Mitzvah putting myself in that situation um, where I know I'm going to end up having to violate Shabbat um, because of the assumption is it's Pikuach Nefesh and when it comes Shabbat so even though right now it's, again, so I have a choice I don't have to go on this trip my wife's telling me i got to visit the mother-in-law we can, you know, negotiate out of it and say, listen, we'll go next year, we'll go Thanksgiving, I don't have to go this week. But still, the Shulchan Aruch is saying you're allowed to take that trip on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, knowing full well that when it comes on Saturday, you're going to end up violating Shabbat, and you're allowed to because it's Bikoch Nefesh. So I'm intentionally putting myself in a situation um, knowing that it's going to cause a violation, an allowance, it's going to trigger an allowance of Pikuach Nefesh on Shabbos in the future. And stay in the case. Um, that's, that's the Shulchan Aruch If it's a Dvar Mitzvah, you're even allowed to go on, on Erev Shabbos. So this would seem to contradict um, some, we ask this question, they say this would seem to contradict the statement of the Minchas Chinuch that he's saying that if someone intentionally endangers their life, we don't violate Shabbos for them. Here, I'm intentionally putting myself in a situation where I'm going to end up, where I know I'm going to end up violating Shabbos, and we're permitting it. The Shulchan Aruch allows it. Okay, you hear, the, you hear the problem, you hear the contradiction. This halacha has to be, uh, does not seem to jive with those opinions who say you can't violate Shabbos, let's say for a suicide emergency or for someone who intentionally, negligently put themselves in that situation, or for a COVID person who didn't wear a mask and now is now has to be rushed to the hospital. Okay, that's. For some, that's Bikoch Nevesh. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, well, no. It's interesting you pointed out, meaning it's not the trip is a danger to my life. The, the f- I'm putting myself in a situation where, no, it's meaning when you're on a boat on the high seas on Shabbos, the assumption here, at least according to some, is you, you're going to have to violate Shabbos. Every passenger has to do stuff to help the bow, whatever, whatever the situation is. You end up violating Shabbos. Not everyone, by the way, agrees. The Gemara doesn't discuss really the background, what's the reason. Some understand it's just a question of owning Shabbos. You get seasick, and you have to, you're not allowed to put, you know, you have to enjoy Shabbos. You have to have 26 hours of, if you're going to be seasick, three, you know, into the, in the trip, so you can end up not enjoying Shabbos. So that's, the, and that's another um, interpretation of the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't explain what the problem is here going on the trip three, three, three days before Shabbos. But according to the Balamar, who's one of the uh, early authorities, commentaries, um, Zerachia Halevi was his name, lived in the 1100s, he interprets the Gemara to mean the reason why you can't go three days before Shabbos is because you're going to have to violate Shabbos. So you're intentionally putting yourself in a situation where you're going to end up violating Shabbos. 
So the, it's not the danger to the life that's the issue here. It's I'm allowed to violate Shabbos because it's because nefesh. Once I get in that situation, <coughs> but the question, no, it's just like here, someone, um, you know, uh, whatever the case was, didn't, didn't, uh, you know, uh, someone attempted suicide. So they intentionally put themselves in a situation where now others will have to violate Shabbos. That's our question on the table. So here you're doing the same thing. I'm intentionally putting myself in a situation where I know it's going to trigger the permission of Pikuach Nefesh to violate Shabbos. I'm allowed to violate Shabbos once I'm on the boat. No, yeah, not, well, no, 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 no. Well, it's a potential danger of doing on a ship and not doing what what needs to be done to keep the ship afloat. That's what was, that's the, right, right. It's similar to what I mentioned last week from, uh, I once got a call from a girl who's, and, and Ron didn't like the example, but uh, who was taking uh, skydiving lessons and she wanted to know, could she hold on to the guy? So I'm intentionally putting myself in a situation where I'm going to end up, since it's a case of Pikul Mefesh, once I jump out of the plane, so now I have to violate Torah laws to save myself. But I put myself in, I, I did an act which I knew would put myself in there and it's, it's not a mitzvah to go skydiving. There is no mitzvah as far as I know. Maybe someone come up with something, but there is no mitzvah to go skydiving. So it's similar to that situation. Can I intentionally place myself in a situation where I know I'm going to have to end up violating Torah laws with the permission, only with the permission of Pikoch Nefesh? Meaning, Initially, it's not because right now I'm not in a situation because of nefesh and I don't have to visit my mother-in-law. I don't have to go skydiving. But I'm going to go do it. I'm going to jump out of the plane and now I have to violate a, a halacha in order to save my life at this point because I need the guy to show me where the, to, how to pull the hatch or whatever it is. You know, so, so that's the question here. Um, and, and the Shulchan Aruch is ruling. It's okay to do that as long as you it's the beginning of the week, which is a strange thing. Like, what's the difference between the first three days of the week and the second three days? So the, the Mishnah Baruch explains that, and the commentaries explain that the first, three day, the first three days of the week are not considered part of this Shabbos. They're part of, still part of last week, based on Bereshis, the, the, the list closer to Shabbos. Um, you're, it's considered real literally like uh, this Shabbos already, whatever that means. I'm not sure. Uh, I have to learn a little better. Um, but something like that. But and this, like I said, this is also very relevant. The same question with elective surgeries: Can I do elective surgeries on on uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, knowing full well that because I did it, I mean, if I did the surgery on Monday or Tuesday, I would be fine. I would probably be discharged by Shabbos. But now that I'm doing it on a Friday afternoon, the elective surgery, okay, with there's no pikuach nefesh, I don't have to. I can wait till Sunday to do it. I can wait till next week. There's no emergency. It's elective, right? So, so in that situation, it's the same thing. I'm putting myself in a situation knowing that I'm going to have to end up filing Shabbos, which most times after surgery you got to do stuff for the, the doctor has to do stuff to the patient or the patient himself has to do things which will cause him to violate Shabbos, which is permitted because three days after surgery we consider it because nefesh to take care of your wound and change you whatever it is, changing the bandage, bandages. But I didn't have to do it. I could have done the surgery on Tuesday and then I would have been fine by Shabbos. So here the question is a, it's a similar question, and this is the proof text they use for that for the question of elective surgery. Um, also about inducing labor, there's a lot of applications to this. Inducing labor on a Friday afternoon, should I could do you do that? Just because the doctor is going away, it's July Fourth weekend, um, and and he needs to go on vacation. So do I induce labor Friday afternoon, knowing it's going to cause me to be mechal shabbat? So these are all very, if, um, they're all interrelated, these questions. 
I'm not sure I have all the answers yet, but we're, we're going to attempt. So, so again, going back to the, our first scenario, before we get to elective surgery, um, that question, the question here is, the Shulchan Aruch seems to be ruling very clearly, even for non-mitzvah reasons, I can get on the boat in the beginning of the week, uh, um, uh, yes, in the beginning of the week, for sure, knowing full well that come Saturday I'm still going to be on the high seas, I'm going to have to violate Shabbos, um, right, and it's, and, and again, maybe, that's the question, with permission of Pikoch Nefesh, since it's Pikoch Nefesh, otherwise we wouldn't allow you to violate Shabbos, but since I'm going to be in a situation of Pikoch Nefesh in the future, I mean, I'm placing myself in that situation, because that, am I, in, so in a certain sense, that's negligence on my part, similar to the case where I'm harming my body intentionally, or, or doing something negligent, which will cause me to, or another physician, or an EMT, to violate Shabbos. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, honestly, I don't get that either, exactly. I have to learn it again. I haven't looked at it in a couple of years. But they, they do discuss that, what exactly that distinction is. Um, but the Shogunar clearly, yeah. No, I, I, um, I don't think that's true. It's saying, even if I know for sure, I'm going to be in the high seas on Shabbos. I mean, because again, we can't obviously outlaw all boat travel. We're going to, you know, it's basically what we're saying. Those days, you know, when you were on the high seas on Shabbos, again, it seems like it was clear you had to violate Shabbos for whatever reason. I don't know the, just the facts of how, how ships work. Whatever you had to do, you had to pour, like, you know, get the water off, or everyone had to go, you know, like in the cartoons, everyone had to go to one side of the boat to even it out, and... You know, whatever the case was, um, so so you had to violate Shabbos. You knew the Shulchan Aruch says very clearly. I, even though I know for sure I will end up violating Shabbos. Although, by the way, not everyone agrees with this. So there is a Magen Avram, the um, Magen Avram, Avram Gumbiner, lived in the 1700s. Who happened to be my great 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 grandfather somehow. Um, is uh, in his commentary, and the Shulchan Aruch says here. I can find it. Says brings. An opposing opinion who says that if you know for sure you're going to have to violate Shabbos, something like Neda saying, then you wouldn't be able to go on the ship even on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And not only that, he makes a cryptic comment here, um, which some bring as proof to our question. Let me see if I can find it. He says, he says, if you're going, he's quoting the Shulchan Aruch, he says, if you're going on mon Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, Kosov. Um, says uh, someone, he quotes someone who writes, the Kivan the Adeb Vadei Sheichal Shabbos, since if you know for sure you're going to end up violating Shabbos, even if you leave on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Asr, then it would be prohibited. Chen Kasev Ridvaz, he says so too, the Ridvaz also rules like that. Valpizeh, and listen to this statement, very cryptic statement he makes, he says, Valpizeh, Samchen Achshav, he says, this is what we rely on now, that someone who intentionally endangers themselves, we don't violate Shabbos to save them. Okay, so he's, he's connecting this, our question of, let's say, a suicide, attempted suicide on Shabbos, um, suicide emergency on Shabbos, or something like that. He's saying, you, according to those opinions, that say you would be prohibited from going um, on the ship on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, there is such opinions, and because if you know for sure you're going to have to end the violating Shabbos, he's understanding when the Shulchan Aruch rules it's permitted to go on the ship, one second round, it's permitted to go on the ship on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it's only if I'm not sure, like Nate is saying. Maybe, I'm, maybe they're going to 
come into port before before Shabbos. I don't know when they're going to arrive. That's when it's permitted. But according to these other opinions, again, we don't rule like this. We say you can't go on the ship on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But he's saying according to those opinions, the, those minority opinions that say you can't get on the ship, if I know for sure I'm going to end up violating Shabbos, um, even if I'm going Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So he says according to those opinions, that is a source to tell us that you wouldn't violate Shabbos to treat someone who intentionally harmed themselves. Okay, that's what the Magen Avram says. Now, Moshe Feinstein and others interpret the Magen Avram differently, but Ron, what's your question? Explain, yeah. Explain, explain, explain. For sure, so that's why I told you, that's why I don't take cruises. That's why I've never been on a cruise. What do you mean anything? No, saying things where, where you know you're going to end up violent Shabbos, yes. According to... No, again, the Gemara permits going on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yes, okay, I don't, like I said, I don't necessarily fully understand the distinction, but it's a good point. I don't know, I don't know the answer to why the extinction. Need a vacation, right? Yeah, according, that's only according to Nader's interpretation. Yeah, that, that's a, that's according to those commentaries who are say who seem to imply like Nader, which meaning that's the Magen of Ram who seems to be saying it's not permitted if you know for certain. That you're going to violate Shabbos. If you're not sure, then it's okay. Not true. It's not true. It's not true. I can tell you, my father is a living testament to. <laughs> One second. No, no, Ron. I want to tell you. Ron, my father was a survivor. Listen, I'm just going to tell you this. He was—he smoked two packs a day. He had schmaltz herring for breakfast his whole life. Four eggs. He never exercised. He was obese, and he died at a ripe old age of 80. In those days, it was a ripe old age. Never—he was never in the hospital in his life except for cataract surgery. And <laughs> what I'm thinking about. It. So it's not certain, the point is wrong, it's not certain. Listen, maybe my father had special merits, you know. 
Yeah, but again, that's a suffix. That's the point. Here we're saying if it's for sure gonna harm you, knows it has to be a hundred percent certainty. That's so that's what I think we're saying here as opposed to going on the ship on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday it's a hundred percent you're gonna you're gonna be Michal Shabbos. That's the difference. Oh well, again, it could be later on in the trip. It is less Michal Shabbos. I don't. I don't know exactly what the issue is. So I don't know. No, what I'm saying is, I don't know. It could be if you left early in the week, there wasn't 100. percent Seems like whatever the reason, whatever you had to be violent Shabbos. No, no, being on a ship on Shabbos is not an issue. Being on the ship itself is not the issue. It's the, it's the, no, no, it's the other things that you have to do. You have to pour out the water or whatever they have to do. They have to clean out the engine. That's the chel shabbos. But, uh, no, but I'm saying it could be after five days you don't have to do the same things. I don't, I don't know. You're right. I don't know. You know, on a ten-day cruise, by the, you know, by the fifth day, you're bored of all the activities. You stay in your room. You know. Okay. And it could be, well, okay. So, um, so where were we now? Okay, so again, the Magen of Ram is, is this one, makes this cryptic comment on the side here, and he says, he brings, this is the source that people rely on not to treat people who intentionally harm themselves. Um, this is, he says, this is it right here. We're talking about Shabbos or during the week, even. Right, that we don't violate Shabbos for someone who intentionally harmed themselves. That was, that's his language. Moshe Feinstein says he can't mean that, he changes, he changes the whole interpretation. He has a response on this question. Um, his his response is, is actually written before he came to America, this response in um, 19, I don't know, 27, I'm guessing, something like that, in Luban. It says, Some can you, is there a concept of Pikoch Nefesh who someone intentionally, negligently, um, brought it upon themselves. And he quotes this Magan Avram, the person who asked him the question, quotes this Magan Avram as a source, and he goes ahead and explains it totally different. Um, and he says it's not what he means. Um, I don't remember why. Second, let me just see quickly what he says. Uh, so he says an interesting thing, a fascinating thing, which is he interprets the case, which is, a, again, we mentioned this in the past, and I still don't understand it completely, which says that there are some cases where pikoch nefesh is dependent on the person. That means, um, that means not everyone has equal threshold of what they consider pikoch nefesh. And it sometimes he says it's actually, it's subjected to the person. That means people are scared some people panic, you know, if they have a little cut, their kid gets a little cut in there, then they rush to the emergency room. Other parents who are more passive, more relaxed, you know, the kid's bleeding profusely from the head, and they go, hey, don't worry about it, He's be, he'll be fine. Nothing to do with Shabbos or not Shabbos. Nothing to do with Jews, uh, you know. There are different uh, types of personalities when it comes to, uh, to health. 
And other parents are saying, you know, don't worry, the kid will bleed, he'll be fine, so he'll have a little scar on his face. At the end of the world, he'll still be able to get married. Um, right, so, so, the, so there's, so he's saying is, the case he's understanding, this case that we're talking about here, is not everyone on the ship has to violate Shabbat. It's only the nervous people. And, uh, and he says, he goes on to explain here that that's what the Magen Avram is talking about. Um, he says, because, listen, if it's, he's sort of bothered by Ron's question to a certain extent. If Shil Shabbos, if it's Pekoch Nefer, so of course it could be Mechal Shabbos. What's the difference how I got myself into the situation? How could you say that if the guy got on the ship, even if he did something wrong, okay, so he was negligent, he, he got on the ship when he shouldn't have. Let's say he got on the ship when he shouldn't have. How could you say he can't violate Shabbos or if someone did something where just because they're idiots and they violated the halacha, that doesn't change the concept of the Torah says v'chayim b'hem, you're allowed to violate Shabbos. Why, why would it change by the fact that the person's negligent? That's what Moshe says, it can't be. It doesn't make any sense. So he says you have to say it's talking about a situation where it's really not a real situation of pikuach nefesh. For some people, they're nervous and they're going to go to the hospital in this situation for when the kid's, you know, is, is bleeding. The other person's saying, don't worry, we'll, we'll stop the bleeding and it'll be fine. We'll go to, this, we'll go to the doctor on Monday. Right? They always have the, the husbands and wives, they always have that argument when, you know, when you want to, you know, they feel bad, they're calling the doctor after hours. You get the answering service, the poor doctor, you know he's on vacation. It's one in the morning and you call your pediatrician, you got to wake him up. So the husband's always saying, no, worry, will be fine, wait till the morning, the office opens, we'll call. And the wife is always screaming, no, we're gonna. she's crying, right? That's the typical scenario. So he's saying that's, the, that's what we're talking about here. Where the person, so that is subjective, meaning someone who's the nervous type, and we mentioned this before, and I don't understand it fully, honestly, someone who's the nervous type, and for them, this, they're looking at the situation of Sakana, they're allowed to violate Shabbos. Someone who's not the nervous type, and they're not looking at this as a situation of Sakana, they, they're not allowed to violate So sometimes it's subjective. He's not the only one who says this. Chazanish also says this. I, I, honestly, I don't understand how that works, the sliding scale of Pikuach Nefer, so to speak, of, you know, it's subjective. Why is it subjective? If it does a doctor assess the situation, say you have to violate Shabbos, then you have to violate Shabbos. How could Pikuach Nefer be subjective? Does anyone have a, a, any understanding of this? I mean, just because the mother's a nervous type, that means I'm allowed to violate Shabbos. Yeah? Yeah, but, you, but we, so, then if, so if you don't know, of course, we usually obligate you to violate Shabbos if it's a suffix. So then why, just because the father's passive, that doesn't have a reason not to violate Shabbos. Right? No, so, this, so that's the question here. Meaning, how could Pikoch Nefesh, the threshold, be subject? Right, so we always err on the side of caution and we say do violate, but here we're saying for the guy who is not nervous, he's not allowed to drive to the hospital on Shabbos. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. Like, so that's... <laughs> to the wife. The wife always wins, is what you say. I gotcha. Um, so, so he's so emotional. Anyway, he understands this. Magen Avraham is talking about that specific case where you know, it's really, it's not such a dangerous situation, but this person um, and, and so he shouldn't have put himself in that situation like that where he knows even though it's not so dangerous he's going to end up violating Shabbos that's how Ramosha understands the Magan of Ram uh, which is very obviously a, what we call the fetched interpretation squeezed in there really doesn't seem like that on the face of the Magan of Ram but that's how Ramosha understands the case yeah, Shelley
Um, so, okay, so getting back to the, to the initial question, because we got to, you know, this is the last week I'm spending on this. Marco, we got to start a new topic. So, um, the, the, uh, the question again seems to be, with leaving the mug and Avram out of this, which again, is questionable what he means, just in the Shulchan Aruch itself would seem very clearly to be stating that I'm allowed to get on the boat on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. <coughs> Even though I know for sure I'm going to end up violating Shabbos, so the question is why, and, and why is that different than than our case? And so why is that a question? Seem to contradict at least the minority opinion that says you can't violate Shabbos for a suicide emergency or, or someone who intentionally put themselves in that situation. Okay, so so one answer I saw to answer this question would be, and someone I think maybe Ron mentioned alluded to this before, which is that there's a difference, or someone alluded to this, it's a difference between doing something on Shabbos. Let's say I harm myself, attempted suicide, for example. That's on Shabbos. Again, by the way, I want to make a disclaimer, as we mentioned last week, that, of course, someone is ill, mentally ill, in a suicide, which today, most people who attempt suicide are in that situation, or they're just very confused, and they're, you know, whatever causing them to, to make this attempt. Of course, that's not called negligence in halach. We're only talking about those very few cases, you know, literally 1% or 2 where it's possible to say the person was on the same mind when they made that attempt, etc. So, again, today, logically, we treat most cases of attempted suicide or, or suicidal people as mentally ill, and therefore, they, of course, you, they're not considered negligent because they have an illness. And therefore, you would be allowed, you know, it's no matter what. Anyway, we rule that no matter what, you violate Shabbos. All the posts can rule that. But, but just again, we're talking about it all theoretically here. So again, there's a difference between if I didn't act on Shabbos itself to cause, to put myself in that situation of Pikoch Nefesh, where now I'm going to have to violate Shabbos, whereas opposed to, let's say, the ship case, is I'm doing it on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay, I'm putting myself in a situation before it's Shabbos. There's no chiv. Today I have no obligation to keep Shabbos. So I'm doing an act today, which I know could put myself in a situation where I might end up having to violate, or even for sure end up having to violate Shabbos. But today's not Shabbos. So today there's no obligation for me to do anything. I have no, there's no prohibition on getting on a ship on Sunday. Okay? So I'm not doing it. By the way, it's all rabbinic anyway. But I'm saying is... Um, yeah, there's no halacha, Manny, you're correct. There's no prohibition on getting on a boat, as Manny's posting here on the chat. No, there's no prohibition on getting on a boat. No one says that's prohibited on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Question is, I know I'm going to end up violating Shabbos. Okay, that's very different than on Shabbos itself, I'm doing something which I know will trigger, um, a, you know, the doctor to have to violate Shabbos, or me to violate Shabbos. I'm going to have to drive to the hospital after doing this act. Because now I'm in the situation where I have a chiv to keep Shabbos, and I'm doing something which will now per- cause me to, to violate Shabbos at the end of the day, in a permissible way, because because nefesh, let's say. Okay? So th- that's a, one of the distinctions they want to make, that the boat is not, a, is, not any, is not a contradiction to the question of someone who's doing something on Shabbos. That means if you got on a boat on Shabbos and, and to violate Shabbos, um, um, then 
if you got on the boat on Saturday, so then they would be agreeing that you shouldn't, according to the Chinuch and those opinions, you wouldn't be able to allow to violate Shabbos. Here, you got on the boat prior to Shabbos, so that's very different. It's one of the distinctions they make. Um, let's see what else he writes here. By the way, there's another, and another so that's, that's one aspect. Um, now, there's another aspect which, uh, which I just want to mention before we move on to the elective surgery. Um, is one second, Manny's commenting here. Let me just see what. Of course, all all uh, all halachas juicy rationalizations. Got a problem with that? That's what the Gemara is about. That's what that's what this class is about. Um, one second, turn to get on ship because they don't want to vow just ended up dying in Poland. Okay, well, again, we're not, um, we're not discussing whether, of course, everyone holds permitted to get on the ship um, for sure on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Okay? I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, Manny. Or Alan. Alan, yes, the people who, of course, that was Pekul Nefesh, they should have got on the boat. Um, okay, I don't know where you're going. Shelly, I'm not sure why you, well, you're mixing me up with COVID, um, suicide, I don't know. Yes, 100%. Uh, we're not, but we're discussing someone intentionally, blatantly is violating, is doing something which, like you said, they know will cause them to probably get infected. Almost, yes. That might be another distinction. Yeah, it's a good point. Yes, that was Nader's point before, yeah. So, so there's, another, there's one other... Uh, so... Uh, there's, there's one other halach I want to mention before we run out of time, which is relevant to this, which is the Gemara and Shabbos discusses, do I violate a prohibition to save someone else from a prohibition? Can I violate something in order to save someone else from violating a, a prohibition? So, because the, the, that's really, in a certain sense, the question here is, um, meaning, let's say by suicide, because some want to say, there's an attempted suicide on Shabbos, so, as we know, suicide is, again, someone who's sane and does it out of a sane decision, a rational, sane decision, which, uh, whatever that means, um, is a big prohibition. So, by the way, it's this week's Parsha, as we know. Parsha's Noach is the, uh, is the prohibition for suicide. It comes from, it says, Edrosh, I will demand your blood. And I saw somewhere, actually, that even discusses that language. I'll try to find it. I don't remember where. But the point is that... Uh, if I, if I save the guy's life, so now I stopped him from violating the prohibition of this terrible sin of committing suicide. Right? So can I violate, they say, that one of the reasons you're allowed to violate Shabbos is because you're preventing him from a much more terrible sin. It's sort of like they bring, um, um, let's say someone is, is, uh, is, was kidnapped on Shabbos, the halacha discusses this, this was unfortunately a common case, a child, a teenager, a child was kidnapped by, uh, by Muslims or Christians. 
Okay, and they're going to bring him up in the in the church, in the Catholic Church. They're going to convert him. So it says you're allowed to violate Shabbos to save that child. Forget about not talking about the danger to life. We're talking about just the spiritual danger. The kid's safe. He, he's not. You know, you can go on Sunday, and uh, you know, he's, he's, there's no danger to his life. We're not talking about a kidnapping, a, you know, with a Mexican drug cartel and they cut his ear off. We're talking about the, in those days they would kidnap Jewish children to bring them up, either in a, conv a, a convent or a or the Muslims would do it as just to get uh, more numbers, to bring up their numbers, okay? So spiritual, so it's a spiritual danger. The kid's going to end up totally becoming a non-Jew. So it says you're allowed to violate Shabbos for that purpose, to save that child, um, spiritually, just for the spiritual. So, so meaning, so you see from that that technically there are certain instances, extreme instances, where um, I'm allowed to violate Shabbos to save someone from a greater prohibition, so to speak, in this case where it's totally not going to be Jewish. Um, but, but, Ron doesn't like that. Ron says, let him become Muslim, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? We're talking about not your child per se, being an orphan. A kid, you know, there's an orphanage, and uh, like like happened during the Holocaust, and they took kids to Catholic convents. The parents weren't alive anymore. They dropped them off on the doorstep, right? So in the cases like that, we're not talking about again where you're protecting your child per se. Of course, that's something else. We're talking about where a child had there's a risk to this person completely leaving Judaism. So it's just a spiritual risk. It's not a. It's not a physical risk, okay? By the way, some want to say that um, you, even if someone's marrying a non-Jew, the same halacha applies, by the way, that you can go and, uh, and violate Shabbos. Rabbi Gelman once called me up about a case like this um, in Houston. Uh, you can go violate Shabbos to stop the wedding. If you have to stop the wedding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And, if, and don't try that at home. Um, <coughs> but the point is like this. Um, oh, so the, really and generally, by the way, the halacha, the Gemara says in Shabbos, um, 4a, I believe it is, discusses a case where in those days, if you've ever been to Israel, where they, they bake bread or anywhere in the Middle East, they take uh, dough and they place it on the side of the oven, okay? And uh, that's how the dough, like, stick it to the side of the oven, like the, the lafas, if you've ever seen lafas baked in Israel or other places in the Middle East. So that's how they used to do it in the old days. Today they have machines. But, uh, so, so... The halach is if someone sticks their dough in on Shabbos, okay, b'shogeg, um, even not unintentionally, they forgot Shabbos, they stuck their bread in. I see it. Now, if the bread gets baked on Shabbos, that's a biblical violation of cooking on Shabbos. Right, so that, would be, that person would violate a biblical violation. I see, I'm passing by, this guy is not here anymore. He, he went somewhere else, he's in, went to the bathroom. I see the bread being baked. If I take it off the wall, that's a rabbinical violation, whatever it's called, Radiya Sapas, we're not getting into the details, if I remove the bread from the oven. But I'm stopping this guy from violating a greater prohibition of, of, of biblical prohibition, cooking bread on Shabbos. So am I allowed to violate the rabbinical prohibition to save him from a biblical prohibition? Says Gemara, no. You don't violate a sin to save someone else from a sin. That's not your, that's not, we don't allow you, someone else, to violate something even a rabbinical prohibition in this case, to save someone else from a greater sin. That's the Gemara prohibits that. Okay, so... Ah, oh, what's... Well, well, you're not. What do you mean by save the life? Ah, oh, so that's the question here. So meaning, so in this case, someone wants to say, so it's the same rationale. You know, what are you saving? Forget the... 
you know, even you want to say, like the Minchas Chinuch, those opinions that say you, that you're not allowed to violate to save his life because there's no obligation to save his life if he's negligent or is intentional, but spiritually, you're saving him from this great sin of suicide. What about that? That should be an obligation by itself. Forgetting the Osam and Adam don't, you know, the obligation to rescue, which we're saying might not apply here according to the minority opinion. What about the obligation to save him from this terrible sin of suicide? So that might obligate you to save his life. That itself is an obligation because maybe you should violate Shabbat to save him from this terrible sin. So some say, so, so, but you see from the Gemara, it says you can't take the bread off. I don't violate, I don't violate something in order to save someone else, even from a greater sin. But they say, this is sort of like a case where the guy was going to convert out of Judaism. It's almost like that case because if he dies, he's clearly not Jewish anymore. So maybe you can violate. This is some of the rationale they're see, discussed. Like Ron is shaking his head. This is the rationale. They're saying maybe in this case it's just like the kidnapped child. If the guy dies and you don't end up saving his life, he's not, clearly not going to keep the Torah anymore. So therefore, I, it's just like we allow someone to save a kidnapped child who's kidnapped by Muslims or Christians because they're going to bring him up in a different religion. So so too, saving a suicide would be obligatory and you'd even be allowed to violate Shabbos to save save uh, that person from losing his life where he's not going to be able to keep the Torah. Yes. Shelly. <laughs> Ron, you're, you're finally having an effect on the other members of the class. <laughs> yeah. Now again, this is not about Pekor Nefesh. This is spiritual life. Pekor Nefesh means physical life. Yes, but their physical death, we're saying, the fact that we physical death, according to the Minchas Chinuch, we said, is not a reason to file a child. They want to say, but even if you want to say, even according to those opinions, for spiritual saving of their life, you should be allowed to file a child. That's the... It's a good question. Yes. I mean, this, uh, this all has real life. Everything in this class has real Especially for me, I have to get up early on Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah, and also quick, quick, because I got to get to the elective surgery. Okay, good. Okay, so, um, so, let, so let's move on from this topic um, to elective surgery, just to just discuss it quickly. I don't have my sources in front of me, but I'll try to wing it a little. Um, which is... One second. just wanted to see if I can find that passage, because it's this week's parasha, parasha's not. But I saw it somewhere. Yeah, see. By the way, this also has very much uh, gets involved in also which we discussed I think a year or two ago or three years ago which is saving terrorist lives people who put themselves in a situation where let's say they're on death row and um, negligently they, you know, they intentionally uh, intentionally but they did something that they deserve to be in, a, in, 
you know, on death row, they can also be obligated to save their lives in those situations, violate Shabbos to save their life. It's also they, they bring this in related to this topic also. Um, let's say terrorists, saving terrorist lives, etc. So that's a different, we're not going to go there. I think we've, we've done that topic. No, Shelly, no, I don't have time. We'll get it at the end. I'll let you talk at the end. So, so again, getting to elective surgeries, just applying to everything we've discussed to elective surgery. So again, the source for this discussion is the, the Gemara we just mentioned in Shabbos and the Allah and the Shachanach, which says about going on a boat um, that if it's elective meaning again there's no question if someone is a, it's a required surgery there's not a question you do that even on a Friday afternoon that's not that's not even up for discussion if it's because Nefesh doctor says the person needs a surgery ASAP of course we do that no matter how much violation we do it, even on Shabbos, of course. The question becomes, it's purely elective. I'm not talking about cosmetic surgery, that's a whole different topic, but a lot of some, the guy is getting his tonsils out. Okay? And if he gets his tonsils out on Friday afternoon, so, uh, um, you know, he's probably going to end up having to violate Shab- uh, Shabbos if it's done soon enough to prior to Shabbos. Whatever, do, whatever is done post-op, they're going to have to do to the person. So the assumption is there's going to be violation of Shabbos. Of course, at that point, it's because Nefesh because of, you're worried about infection, whatever else you're worried about. <laughs> Excuse me, after surgery. Um, one second. <laughs> so, the, the question becomes, this again, this issue about elective surgery should, should be allowed on a Friday afternoon or not. So based on this Balamar that we're saying that, that he's understanding, that you don't put yourself, you're not allowed to put yourself in a situation on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, where you know f- probably for sure, or almost uh, almost for sure that you're going to end up violating Shabbos, is problematic. So based on this halacha, there are many posts can say that um, you, don't, you don't have elective surgery on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You tr- try to do it on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yes, Ron. That's interesting. Fascinating. I'd love to get a response from that, you know, write that to someone. According to this, yes, that's fascinating. True, but we need to know it's again it's a very valid question. Do I do something? Do I do a, a surgery when I it's optional where I know I'm gonna end up being Michal Shabbos? Because you're right. For a tonsillectomy, if you tell me those are the things that are on day five, it would be the same question. Should I do the tonsillectomy on Monday? It's a great question. I don't know the answer. But yeah, Shelley. No, you're always exposing yourself to risk in the surgery. The question is, can I? Do, if I have a choice, when to put, when to expose myself to that risk? I have to. I have to have the surgery. So the question is, when do I have to change my date of my surgery in order to expose to, to less chances of chelal shabbat? That's a very good point. Fascinating. We have three minutes left, and I gotta finish elective surgery. No, 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 no. Listen, Shelly, let's wait till 9:30. Let me finish the elective surgery, then you go back. I don't, I don't want to keep people over time. Um, so again, this, so so according to this Balmar, it would seem like some post can contemporary. This is all contemporary post can discussing this, obviously, um, that they're saying you should have the surgery on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, just like not going on the ship. Again. Um, 
the another proof, by the way, is they talk about let's say a baby who who was sick or didn't have for whatever reason the mila, their circumcision on the on the eighth day. So now we once they get sick, once they get better, we do it right away. But do you do an elective mila, so to speak? It's no longer on the eighth day, on a on a Friday. We're knowing that we're going to have to do things on Saturday that Chil Shabbos to change the bandages, etc. Do things like that. So do you do that, or do you wait till Sunday to do the meal, to do the circumcision? Also, by the way, so there are those that say you shouldn't do it ready way before in the Shulchan Aruch and the laws of Mila, The Taz um, says that you shouldn't do the, an elective Mila, elective circumcision on a Thursday or Friday. You should wait till Sunday to do it. Once the baby, once it was pushed off, it's already Shalobah's man, it's not on the eighth day, do, don't do it on Thursday Friday. He says that based, again, on this concept. Others argue that the Shach says that it's okay because we say, in, just like by the ship for a mitzvah, you're allowed to buy, you'd go on the ship on, sun, on Thursday Friday, so too the meal is a mitzvah. Um, others say, by the way, they, they say, I saw a fascinating thing, it says for a convert who's getting circumcised, right, so he's not Jewish yet, so him, you shouldn't do the, the circumcision, you shouldn't do the conversion on a Friday because it's going to cause him to violate Shabbos. When he, today, he know, he, it's not even a mitzvah for him yet because he's not Jewish. So he doesn't have the mitzvah on Friday of circumcision. So interesting. Um, so, uh, so at the end of the day, so they say, most contemporary posts can say you shouldn't do the surgery on Friday, elective surgery on Thursday, Friday. Um, but they say, by the way, fascinating thing, I saw that... Uh, um, that if he did, first of all, if he did violate and he has the surgery, like we're saying, just like a suicide, of course, if he did have the elective surgery on Friday, of course he would violate Shabbos when he gets into a situation of Pikuach Nefesh the next day. Um, even though he violated the Allah, that Rosh Zalman says very clearly. Also, he says another fascinating thing, Shmir Shabbos Kelchasa brings us down, he says that, that let's say you have elective surgery. So if I do it on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I get Dr. A in the practice, who's, you know, he's only graduated three years ago from medical school. If I do the surgery on Friday, I'm going to have the, the, the much better doctor, the Bucky, to do the surgery. So he says, of course, in that case, you're allowed to do this, the elective surgery on Friday because having a better doctor is a mitzvah. It's a better mitzvah. It's a better fulfillment of healing. Yeah, this Shelley is a beautiful, uh, beautiful statement. The better doctor is considered not a dvar it's considered a mitzvah. So if you're using your son, the doctor, it was much better. Your son, the doctor, is always better. So you could do that even on Friday for elective surgery. 